Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Quality Sense. My name is Federico Toledo and I'm so excited to introduce today's guest because she works at a company that has made a huge difference not only for me but for many of us in Abstracta for scheduling calls and I know many others who depend on this tool daily. I'm talking about Calendly. I had the honor to get to know Erika Chestnut, their head of QA, but this is not all she does. She started her career as a developer, journal tester, and now she's a quality coach, mentor, consultant, and a keynote speaker. Keep listening to learn about how test automation plays a role in Calendly's test strategy, and as always, her advice for good habits for testers. Enjoy! Hello, Erica. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to have you here in the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So my first question for you is that you being the head of quality assurance in Calendly, how does it feel when you are working in a product that probably your friends and colleagues are using every day? You know, that's probably the coolest part is it's, It's not only a product that a lot of people I know encounter and more and more are encountering, but it's a product that I get to use, like that I personally use. And, you know, I, it, it's, it's kind of a conversation starter, even when I'm just talking to people in my own personal, you know, world or business and stuff like that. And, and they send me a Calendly link or if I send them a Calendly link, but especially when they send it to me, I'm like, you got Ronnie point, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> It's, it's just, um, it's, there's a lot of pride in that, right? And, and also hearing their feedback of, you know, about how it's going well and why it's, it's helping them. Or, you know, if they're like, hey, can we get this added in? Or I'd love to see this area improve. That's, that's, it's always great to hear. I know people yeah. are engaged and enjoying it. I can imagine that it's also this idea of eating your own dog food or something <laughs> like this, right? So yeah. you have another perspective from uh, the product that you are building. Cool. Exactly. exactly. So, and tell me how you started working in software testing because uh, checking your LinkedIn profile, it's pretty impressive, mm -hmm. uh, your career. So I want to know how you ended up working in testing. I complained about quality. <laughs> I... Um... I started out as a developer and I had worked at a few places. I was at a marketing agency, an advertising agency, and I'd been there for several years as a developer and I moved up into leadership and we were having quality problems. We didn't have a quality department. Product, project managers were testing. It was the norm. And I just started to ask about it. And I, I actually started talking about you know, uh, should we, I had a, I had a, a, a good friend of mine who's a mom and she, um, she had taken a step away from, uh, from her career to raise her children, but her children were getting older and she was looking for opportunities. I said, you know, that would be a really cool thing for some of these one-offs like landing pages and things that we could hand to moms and have them come in and, and test this. And it's like, what did we, what type of requirements do we need? What do we need to share with them? Like I just had this cool idea of, of initiative to like, you know, engage mothers to help support quality within our space. And I was talking to the CEO about it. And I was also complaining about some quality issues that we had. 
we were seeing some major quality issues. There was an incident with a cat playing a piano on a landing page. Um, so lots of, lots of different issues, but long story short, um, I guess I talked about it enough that they came to me and they said, you know, hey, do you, are you interested in this? And I wasn't at first because I was really worried that they were, I was setting myself up to be blamed for something. And um, after, you know, after a few more conversations and research, I jumped into it and I loved everything about like the process and organization, the collaboration, the coordination that was needed to really create a quality department and, and work with other teams and quality sits in the middle of everything when it's done well, you know, when, when it's, in, it's in a culture that's looking for it. And so I loved that. And I just, I haven't looked back. It was like, salivars, quality is better. <laughs> I don't want to start a discussion about that. No, 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 no. I love, I love, I love developers and I, I still tinker on my own, but I, I found for me, my yeah. passion lied in process and organization and structure and strategy and that building quality teams and transforming quality teams for me um, allowed me to leverage those those passions and the natural strengths that I had in those areas and I've just I've always enjoyed it amazing <laughs> perfect <laughs> so the main topic today uh, it's related to the role of test automation in the whole test strategy right And to start discussing about it, um, maybe a good starting point would be uh, understanding the, the test strategy that you have in Calendly. It's still evolving. You know, um, when I got there, it's almost two, it's a little just past two years. When I got there, we had four team members and they were oversourced across, across multiple, more than four squads. <laughs> um, and, you know, we... We had test management, but it wasn't fully utilized. We, we didn't have traceable uh, traceability across our requirements with our tests, uh, you know, a number of those things. So getting the foundations in place, but our developers deliver automation today, actually. Uh, and and there are some, there is definitely some pros, but there are definitely some cons to that. And a lot of that, the, the, the cons are really based on the lack of uh, strategy out the gate, right? Like, well, not out the gate, but like when they started, some of the foundation, st foundational structure was not put in place. And so it's, it's grown and it's grown rapidly because the company is growing rapidly. And there, there are hiccups with that, you know, when you don't have that, that good foundation in place. So we are looking to change that and we're looking to infuse quality uh, across the business and get QA out of just the review column, get QA more embedded, you know, on the left and the right uh, aside of, of uh, the review column in the business, getting closer to product uh, um, planning and, and inception and also in production. What are the things we want to do there from a testing standpoint as well? Yeah, but the, the, the test strategy, I think it's something that typically evolves all the time because you change your focus, you change something in the, the development process. Uh -huh. The company just changes. Yeah. When you, especially when you get bigger, that's what we've had to deal with. And, and that's probably the hardest part is that We're growing so rapidly. Thank goodness we're so excited to, to do that, of course. But 
you know, there, there are challenges when you grow rapidly that you do have to make changes and you have to sometimes push more um, process into wrangle more people because, and, but it's, it happens so quickly that, that I, and I've seen this at other places, it happens so quickly that there's resistance because you went very quickly from this, oh, one pizza team and we can just have a conversation really quickly and get on the same page to we're a two plus pizza team and not as quick to have those conversations and who do you pull in because you don't want to waste people's time and so you know the, trying to infuse that strategy on top of that strategy a lot of that is documenting and, and having strong process and being everybody being on the same page and be on the same page documentation and you know is is a big deal so and that that's the shift that we've been making but luckily culturally within the company everybody's really intentional about our, our core values and finding a way and striving for excellence and focusing wisely and starting with human. And so I think that has a lot to do with our ability to, to scale quickly and, and still deliver a high quality product. You mentioned that you're, that the developers do some test automation, right? Yes, our developers today are delivering our, our automation, 100% our delivery that. Um, we're working with them right now to, to make a shift in that area so that they can focus more on unit component level testing. And then QA can take on more of that middle tier and upper tier testing of it when thinking of the test pyramid. So integration through exploratory. Um, so we wanna make a shift in there and that, that comes with talking about different tools and, and technology. Um, and, and changing what we're doing today. Like we're, we're using RSpec and uh, a few other uh, testing tools and frameworks. Do you think they, they have like, um, you know, many, many times the developers, when they take also um, participation in the testing activities, specifically in automation, they rely a lot on that. So they, they can see the value in the manual testers. Let's call it manual testers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, if, if I'm understanding kind of the direction you want to go, it, it's, I firmly believe that developers need to have a, a role in testing, in testing strategy and testing mm -hmm. delivery. Um, they need to feel the pain of test that, you know, a, a test strategy is not good. They need to, feel the, the uh, reap the benefits and, and be a part of that, you know, experience when it is done well, or when tests aren't uh, going well, they, they should be involved in that conversation because also it's, it, it helps making to make sure that they understand what needs to be developed off of, of the app that they're delivering, that they are developing and how can they change or improve um, how they're developing to improve testing. Right. So, They, it, is a, it's, it is not a siloed conversation. And when we do that, when it's just QA or just that, there's always problems. We've got to, we, we have to make sure that we're coming together on that. Yeah, many times, this is really important, the collaboration between the developers and, and testers and also doing some things in a different way in your development uh, process in order to facilitate the activities of the, the testers later, or even the, the automation or whatever. But uh, related to that, something that I've been asked many times is like, 
how do you manage the the collaboration between the teams in order to be efficient because I don't want to automate something and then have the testers testing the same things that are already automated. So how do you manage the, the coverage, the, 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 the strategy around that? So that, that's, that's a good point because you, you can quickly wind up with duplications. And we actually went through an audit process of our automation against our test cases and started mapping them and making sure that we're pulling those into our, uh, our test management system. So we're, we're looking at the automation that's coming in from the developers today. Okay. And we're saying, all right, what, what, did you, what, what did you build against this new requirement that you're, you're putting in? And our testers are saying, hey, this looks like it's a duplicate of this test. And they're having those conversations with the developers. Hey, do we need to pull this back and put this in this test? Or is this covered here? Is there, you know, let me help me understand why we have this brand new test and do I need to create a brand new test case for that for it to be mapped to? So we want to continue to have that one-to-one -one mapping so that we're, it, it's, it's kind of a checks and balance, right? Um, this is what testers are expecting is tested. Is it covered by, by automation? Do we know it's covered by automation and then let it report into our test management system so we don't have to manually test it? So now we're also reducing our test cycles by keeping track of that. And we're, then we're able to bring in that as part of our, from a reporting standpoint, we're, we're able to marry the automation and the manual testing in the test phase of, um, of the delivery lifecycle. So you have the complete picture of what's covered. Sure. Mm -hmm. And what about the collaboration with other roles, like product owners or business analysts or maybe the DevOps engineers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we love DevOps team because <laughs> um, they help us with tools. <laughs> so, you know, th that's that's really where we're collaborating with them. Is like, how do we how do we get the speed that we need? Um, how, how do we have a stable? How, what what do we need to do to have a stable infrastructure that can impact the stability of our tests? Um, but yeah, for sure, you know, we're talking to customer experience, we're talking to product. We, in, in our regression cycles, we're including them as stakeholders as part of those regression cycles. And they're doing stakeholder testing to make sure, you know, that everybody's on the same page that we've said, this is what we expect to deliver and it's meeting the standard that we want to give out to our customers. <laughs> I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Another question that I think it's really common is like, how, how early, how, how soon can you start testing? Yes. As, soon as, somebody, as soon as somebody thinks about it in their brain, you know, I, the sooner the better, but our, our, our testers have to get really comfortable with asking why and that question, you know, or just questioning and, and not just saying, I'm, I'm just taking it in. You're telling me and I'm just taking it in. This is just for knowledge. No, this isn't just for you to gain knowledge, this is for you to critique, you to evaluate, you to question what is going to happen, you to share back information. Hey, have you considered what's going to happen? 
if you plug this in here and what about this particular workflow or edge case even? What's going to happen to this? It's going to orphan this part, this, this particular user in this flow. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think as, as early as, which, which we have implementation plans where we're talking about like, what do we want to deliver? But, um, and, and quality has a stake in that and getting more engaged. What are the risks? What are the concerns? Even at a high level, you're not gonna have all the answers, but we've gotta get confident and comfortable with thinking through um, the idea yeah. of a piece of functionality. So it's at that ideation stage where you're like, hmm, I'm gonna creatively think about this. What is the purpose of this? And how would I test it? Because that, that also feeds into what are, how are developers gonna build it? Yeah. You know, instead of trying to come from the back end and say, well, now how do I test it? And I have to build extra tools to be able to test it or they have to go in and, you know, muck around with things to open, open up areas of the application so it can be tested. We don't want to do that. We want to plan ahead. Asking these type of questions at the beginning, before starting with the development, I think it's the way we have to prevent errors, or, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of only detecting, detecting them and reporting them when when they are already there. Can you tell me about uh, your, main, your main challenges today re regarding uh, testing and test automation in Calendly? I don't want to, no. <laughs> we don't have any challenges. We're amazing. Right now, um, automation is our, is our big one. We have a ton of automation and you would think that that would not be a bad thing, but we both know. So we've got, you know, our suite is too bloated uh, and, and we have flaky spec that we have to get under control. That slows our time down, right? It slows, slows our delivery time down. Um, but I think we have a good, we're, we have a good direction. We're moving in the right direction to solve it. And that's um, getting the team focused on, getting the developers focused on at that unit layer, figuring out what our formal strategy is and expectation whether it's you know lines of code covered or requirement based or you know what, whatever we want to decide is that measurement, and then building on that to say all right, so we want to look at components and we want to look at integration and then we want to look at contracts and and so forth and just continue to build on that to say okay how do we make sure we have this layer of coverage what's missing now let's look what's at this layer how do we fill in the gaps it's like deep bragging right like how do we fill in the gaps. Now go to the next layer, what else is missing? And you just reduce and reduce and reduce, but you know that you have that full coverage. So we're moving in the right direction. We're having the conversations and we're, you know, we're putting a plan in place to get that strategy and that structure. So I'm really excited about where we're going this year. I like the, that approach of uh, paying attention to the foundation la layer and then filling the gaps as a way to direct where you want to automate in the, in the following layer. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you you say, okay, well, what's left? Yeah. Right. And so now you you're 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 more intentional. And then also when you're looking at those layers, saying, okay, who's responsible for this at that layer? Right? And 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 getting clear on that and what is the process and who needs what out of this. So from a QA perspective, I'm saying, I want to know what you've tested. Because now when I'm building my test test plan, I want to account for that. How do I map that to the things that I'm building and the strategy? How do I make sure that it has the complete coverage or to indicate um, or to be able to bubble up 
hey, there, there might be something else missing here. I don't see that we've covered this piece and this should be at this layer. Can you add this in? So you have the checks and balances to make sure that we're, you know, we're not putting on blinders or just one person's view of what's needed. But yeah, then moving to that next layer and saying, okay, who's responsible for what at this layer? And what is it that we're, what, what is our ideal coverage here? What, what gaps does it leave and keep moving up, up the chain? Maybe this is another way to avoid duplications between the different layers. Yep, exactly. So cool. Exactly. Amazing. In one of your talks, you say that manual testing and test automation are not mutually exclusive. I love to uh, dig deeper into it. Yeah, they are not. <laughs> they are a partnership. They should be working together. And you know, I, I probably should should say it more for more like automation works for us, not the other way around. And, and when I say us, I'm talking about testers, right? Like it is not. It's not a replacement. It is a tool in our toolbox. Um, we are, we're automating. We, we, we are responsible for telling the machine what is automatable. And if we don't understand it, if we are not exercising the system, all we're going off of is what is the, the requirements that have played telephone all the way down to delivery. It's a telephone game. Right. And so you've said, hey, did, did my ones and zeros check out? Um, did my build work? It's it's what is the machine's interpretation of this? And then you're asking the machine to say, is my interpretation correct? Well, yeah, the ones and zeros are fine. And I'm not saying that automation doesn't find issues because it does. But it's those edge cases. It's that. I didn't know you were going to. Go back. And then, you know, I didn't know you were going to use the back key on this. Why would you do that? Oh, you have a valid reason. I didn't think about that. And it wasn't in my automation, of course. So, yeah, it's not going to fail gracefully. Yeah. Right? Like, it just, you need people who, who are engaged in the application, who are able to say, this is what we need to test. These are, this is what this type of customer is going to, or this is how this type of customer is going to use the system or need to use the system, to think about this person's pain points or their, you know, what, what is it that they desire to do? What is their end goal? And that end goal, like, how do I get to that? I might go an unconventional route, you know, if, if I can. I, I might try to take a shortcut if I can. And so, and, and, when, you, and when you're not, when you don't have people supporting the, the automation strategy. And when you're just saying, okay, well, we're, we're separating the two and I'm just gonna automate, meaning I'm putting blinders on, then it's not strategic either. And that's how you wind up with bloated test suits because you don't, you're not looking across, you're not figuring out ways that you can defrag your, your test pyramid. You're, you're not figuring out how can, I, how can I assess for risk and be strategic and reduce time for my, for my automation suite, because at the end of the day, yeah, you, you can still wind up with the test suite that takes you just as long as it does manual test to test, of course you know? <laughs> so. yeah. And similar things apply to the different 
quality factors, right? Like uh, security testing, performance, and other aspects. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you you should. It should. It's a planning effort. You plan for it, but to plan it out, you you gotta, you know, human brain things. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Amazing. I have a couple more. I have some other questions um, different from the main topic. One is, um, how do you improve your quality sense? I mean, this instinct of uh, that help us to find bags or risks. That's a great question, actually. Um, I mean, some of it is definitely understanding the application and the business. But I think putting yourself in the customer's shoes is a lot of it. Like, what, what would I do? You know, okay, if I'm a teacher and I'm using this product, what would I do? What would I need it to do? What makes the most sense? Um, I'm trying to think like when I, when I think of those gaps or those questions, what is it that I'm thinking of? It's a lot of it's experience. You know, it really is. It's, For me, it's also related to empathy. And, oh, yeah. and this is another question I have that I, I don't have the answer yet, which is how to train or improve your empathy skill. Yeah, that's what thinking about what is it that what is the problem? What is what is their pain point for that particular persona? Yeah. I but understanding, you know, your domain, the domain and your customers, your customer base, who's using it, and then thinking about each of them. That's why I'm I'm pushing to have like really strong, clearly defined personas. And I, I think you have sub personas, if you will, right? Like This is a teacher's assistant. <laughs> this is a principal. And this is education, but there are these different people in, in this domain and they're going to use it differently and have different needs and goals and wants and, and, and so forth. But empathy, that's, that's a great, succinct, that's a great succinct way to say it. <laughs> yeah. And this is, I think this contemplates a, a particular Thing related to quality, which is, is like uh, is quality is subjective. So you have to think about the, the people using your product in order to understand the quality of your product. It's not only what I consider quality. This is so true. I've, I've, had, a, I, I've had somebody ask me, you know, what is quality? I was like, you tell me, <laughs> right? It, it's, it, it's your definition versus mine, your, your standards versus mine you are going to have a higher standard maybe for something else, you know, whereas I might have a higher standard for like skating, you know, a skating rink, a roller rink floor. I'm going to, I might have a higher standard than somebody who's like, I don't roller skate. Well, I do. And this like, it, it, that's actually a prime example. I was telling my husband that there's a bump on the floor over in this section. He was like, no, I was like, yes, there is. There's a bump. It's a little <laughs> one, but it's there on this skating rink floor. And it was just, you know, it, it experience and standard. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, what about books? Do you like to read? Do you have any book to recommend? Well, I'm, I'm finding it hard to find a, a, a book that I'm recommending other than Leading Quality these days. It's, Leading Quality is my absolute favorite book to recommend for test professionals. I have recommended it ad nauseum <laughs> lately, it sounds like, 
but I, I really do. It's by um, Oase Peer and Ronald uh, Cummings John. Great, great book. Not a long read, not a difficult read, but really talks about how QA should get out of just the review column and that we have more to give. We have more that we can do across the entire delivery lifecycle. Also, find books on influence. Influence is a key part of our role in quality. And any book that you're interested in on influence, just to talk about the, you know, what does it mean to influence others and influence them in a way that they want to be influenced, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can talk to people and you can engage them and you can understand them and that empathy so that you can help them come along the journey that you're also trying to take them on for quality sake. Cool. I'm adding it to my reading list. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a few books. Yeah, there's, there's a few books on influence, but not everybody. I, I've always, I keep hearing people that like different ones. So I make no recommendation because I haven't read them all, but there are a few out there. Amazing. Um, Erika, do you have anything you want to invite our listeners to, to do? Uh, connect with me. Uh, you know, you can find me on Twitter. Erica underscore chestnut <laughs> my handle. Um, I need to tweet more, but I, I love one-on-one conversations. You know, you can, you can go to my website at ericachestnut.com and schedule some time. I love to connect and like, hear about what people are doing in their, their business, having conversations like these and, and uh, helping. I like, I love to, to coach and mentor others and um, help them kind of reframe the value of quality and, and get them in the space of being able to socialize the value of quality and, and turning the box on how they can infuse quality across their business. Cool. Uh, the good thing is that it's going to be very easy to coordinate a date and time with you. <laughs> yes, I use my favorite product out there these days, tool, Calumly, if you have not heard of it, calumly.com. I urge you, urge you to check it out. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing to talk with you, Erika. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues, or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios, amigos.